Hi, my name's Kramer, and I am proud to admit that I am a mama's boy. You're not just any mama's boy. You're a certified mama's boy. And this is the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. I want you to be in her shoes for one second, okay? Let's say that there is a guy you've been dating for a couple of months now and you're really excited for him to meet your family but he says that this is his excuse of why he doesn't want to is that gonna fly with you we're gonna get to it with ask my mom today and a little segment would do here in about man eh, about 15 15 15 ish ish minutes fair enough welcome to the certified mama's boy podcast my name is steve kramer it's a podcast i made because my mom's words changed my life they really did and they will for you too. a little nugget of knowledge every single day with her and we start every show by talking to nancy yancey hi mom hi honey you know, this time yesterday on the show, when we kicked it off, my mom had just found this article about sugar babies and sugar daddies. And that's a concept that you weren't even aware of, even existed. <laughs> I just think it's weird. I mean, th- this is about a guy that's, you know, in his 50s and he's recently divorced and he's a CEO and he's worth $50 million and he's going on a site called seeking arrangement where men and women get paid to date and find people willing to pay them. That's prostitution. Well, it doesn't actually sound that bad of a a deal as you're sitting here saying it. I'm like, maybe this could be a part-time job for me. Uh, I think, I think what makes it different is there's no, like no expectation of sex. I'm, I'm actually going to the website right now, seeking arrangement, how it works. Let's see. Um, you join, you meet millions of members by joining our site in as little as five minutes. You add a photo, define your terms, and explain your arrangement expectations. And then our average member finds their ideal arrangement in five days. This is what is an arrangement? It says an arrangement is where people are direct with one, with, with one another and stop wasting time. It allows people to immediately define what they need and what they want in a relationship. Our profiles allow members to effortlessly state their expectations. This is what it's like uh, to call relationships on your terms. Hmm. So then it says, what's a sugar daddy? I think we know what a sugar daddy is, right? Yeah, that hasn't changed. Sugar Daddy, of course, is successful men and women who know what they want. They're driven and enjoy the uh, the attractive company by their side. Money isn't an issue. Thus, they are generous when it comes to supporting a sugar baby. And then a sugar baby is an attractive is attractive people looking for the finer things in life. I wonder if I could be a sugar baby. <laughs> You're pretty cute. I mean, I wonder if I were to join and be a sugar. I'm serious. I don't I think, if I joined it. I don't think that's going to get you the relationship you ultimately need or would want. I, I don't know. We've talked about this several times that I think this time around I'm looking for more of a uh, financial situation more than anything. It says, I want to meet someone who has either looks and charms or success and wealth. I'm going to do success and wealth. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm going to sign up for real and just kind of see if anything comes through. Are you? If I can, if I can be a sugar baby. Okay. Well, I'll be uh, anyway. interested to see what you bring home. Well, you you never know. I mean, people meet in weird ways, right? I know. Not back in my day. You were even pretty surprised about online dating. Like, that's so foreign to you. And honestly, it was foreign to me before I uh, before I got married because he, uh, you would just like go out that night and whoever was at the bar or at your wedding or whatever the you know the event is that you were at that for that evening would be your potential. But now that you have the whole world at your fingertips, it's kind of a, a different situation, right? Oh, but it's so easy to con people. 
I mean, it's I easy know. to con people otherwise, but I mean, my gosh, you could put up someone else else's picture. You could be whoever well, you wanted to be. But that's what that's like the struggle with everybody nowadays is everybody always puts their most photoshopped photos up, <laughs> and their most you know the ones that look absolutely the best at. So I feel like a lot of people get let down no matter what because your expectation of what this person's going to look like is so high. If it's their absolute best picture, even if it's not photoshopped, if it's their absolute best picture. Then mm-hmm. you're kind of like when you meet him, you're like, oh, well, you know, it's all right, I guess. There's only been a couple of people like that I've seen online than in real life that I was like, um, oh, you know, that's you look better or you look the same or anything. I feel like it's always so fake, you know? Mm-hmm. And isn't it sad that that we judge a partner or someone we want to date solely on looks when we meet them? <laughs> I mean, I think that's human nature. I think no matter what, internet or not, I feel like that's always going to be there. I think that there's no way to, unless you don't see somebody first, unless you just do like a, you know, like, like you're just type, like blind date or typing or, you know, just talking on the phone. I think that that sense of compatibility physically is always going to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of has to be there. I'm not saying that's the only thing you need to base it on, but... I think that no matter what, you're either attracted to somebody you have chemistry with them or not, you know? Yeah, that's true. What was that old movie, You've Got Mail? Yeah. That was kind of cool because they, they knew each other, but they didn't know they knew each other. Yeah, I you just, know? that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's, <laughs> the chances of that happening in real life are probably. <laughs> that's definitely a chick flick, right? Yeah, probably that's, slim to none, but <laughs> it's fine. That's how we girls envision that happening. I oh, don't, yeah. I don't think any girl nowadays envisions that happening, unfortunately. <laughs> I think that they know that guys are terrible and that oh. they're all awful. And it's just, mm-hmm. what level of awful are you willing to deal with, unfortunately? <laughs> oh, God. So, well, that's a sad state of affairs. I, I just, know. Uh, oh, I don't know. This is it for me. 48 years, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luckily, hopefully, no. you don't have to worry about dating ever again. No, um, I hope not. But I know you well, do. Well, how did, yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out. Don't ask me for, me for advice. Um, what, well, how did you and dad meet? I don't really know. I don't even know this story. So, I was 18 and I was working as uh, my first job out of high school was as an audit clerk at um, Retail Credit, which is now Experian. And um, the woman that I worked with was married and a few years older than me and invited me out one Friday night to a party with some friends of theirs. And I went and um, there was your dad in the crowd. Now, (laughs) picture this. I'm I'm a quasi hippie, right? I'm thinking right. I'm really cool, and I have long straight hair, and I have on a fringe vest and corduroy hip hugger bell bottom pants. Um, I'm sure I had on like a tank top or a t shirt or something. And here's this conservative banker. I don't remember what he had on, but it was probably a polo shirt. <laughs> and khakis, right? It's very Georgia of him. <laughs> anyway, we started talking and and I thought, you know, as I was talking to him and he was telling me what he did and all this, I was like, I didn't even think about Nancy Yancey. That never crossed my mind because I thought this guy and I are not going to have one single thing in common. So I mean, did you? Did you guys or did you hit it off? Would you say it was like a love at first sight kind of thing? No. 
I don't know. No, definitely not. So I went my way, but we exchanged phone numbers. And then a couple of weeks later, I was hospitalized. I had a bladder problem. And he came to visit me in the hospital. And I thought that was so sweet. And so I saw a very sweet, dear side of him that I fell in love with. Aww. Yeah. Here you are, 48 years later. Here I am. Here I am, not on a dating site. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely gets, it gets really complicated. I've never met somebody off of a uh, a dating website, but um, I met a couple people off Instagram. For me, Instagram is a lot better way because you get a much bigger snapshot of someone's life. Right. Like when the dating yeah. site is like three pictures and like whatever they want to say. And, but like with Instagram, you can kind of watch like their stories and kind of see what they're up to. You can kind of see like what they're posting about to see like what's important to them. And it's always for me kind of been a, a better way uh, if it's going to be a digital meet than it was going to be over, over Instagram probably than, than a date. Dating apps just get weird after a while where you're just kind of like, all right, well, I don't really know where to go with this. So, <laughs> and I think women expect you to be terrible on there. So like they're not, they're just kind of like have their guard up for you just to come in here with some cheesy pickup line and <laughs> just, uh, just not a good situation. Oh, dating's hard. So it's hard. Know, you just have to live your life and do the things you love. And, Hope that you'll come across someone that has some similar interests that you'll you'll fall in love with. Yep. On uh, on Thursday's show for uh, for Throwback Thursday with my mom, I want to hear about the stories of you smoking marijuana because I really do think those are. <laughs> oh no! I can't even like imagine. <laughs> you mentioned it last week, and I forget what you even mentioned it in. I think it was in your. I forget what story, but you were mentioning that you had smoked marijuana, and I was like, mother. Lord have mercy. I did. I did. And all this time he thought that I was flawless and perfect in every way. I know. You got to find a new mom to do this podcast with. You had no idea how human I really am. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So. So we um, we got to get to ask my mom here in a couple of minutes. Did you have anything motivational that you were looking at? I know there's another blog article that you had looked at. Was that something you wanted to talk about, or? Oh, um, well, it, it has to do with bullying. You know, I know that that you were bullied as a kid, even though, sadly, I didn't realize it at the time uh, when you were in middle school. But right, um, there's a well, blog. Mm-hmm. Elementary school, middle school, Elementary. high school, oh, college. Oh gosh, where was I? My twenties, <laughs> early thirties. No, earlier this morning. You were not. No, I oh, have been. I mean, I was bullied no. a lot. I mean, definitely elementary school, definitely middle school, definitely high school. I'm uh, not so much in college. Did you talk to me about that? No. Well, how? Because oh, like, what do you so say? Funny. I don't even know what you're supposed to say about it. You know, I and then, like, what know. are you gonna do? Then like, the last thing you want is like your mom to confront the bully. <laughs> Lord of mercy. <laughs> Mama, somebody's picking on me. Yeah. That did would be, you, but did you tell your teachers or anyone? I don't think so. No. Oh. The only time I can ever remember is uh, there was a yeah, like really bad was there was a kid named Adam Lar, And Adam lived at the other side of the neighborhood. And he was just a bully, man. He's just a punk. And I forget what happened, but he was just. He was like, I'm going to get off at your bus stop. I'm going to beat your ass. And I was like, oh my God. And so he, um, he, so, you know, anyway, we're, we're coming home from school and the bus stops and he gets off and I'm just kind of like, well, 
I can't fight. Like I definitely was and no, I was kind of this fat kid. I didn't, wasn't really athletic at all. I was not going to fight this kid for sure. So I was like my best, my best case scenario right now is let me just hurry to my house mm-hmm. and let me, I was like, if he's going to beat me up, I want him to at least beat me up in my own yard. Um, <laughs> so, so I was, I didn't run, but I was definitely walking at a fast pace over to my, uh, my front yard. And luckily as I was walking up the driveway, my dad just happened to be home. I don't know if that's when he's working from home or not, but he just happened to be home. and was walking down the driveway at the same Yay, time. Hey, dad Adam, saves the day. <laughs> he turned around and he, um, he went back and, um, obviously he just acted like he was walking home. I don't think I even told dad. I may have told dad, but I don't remember in that moment. I was just like, Whoo. So oh, if, you, if you had told your dad, that would have been bad news for Adam. Well, for, for all you kids out there that are being bullied, <laughs> I don't know that a lot of kids listen to this podcast. Well, but. Their, their parents need to teach them that they need to tell someone. They need to tell their teacher or someone they can trust that they're being bullied because it is no joke. It is really no joke. And that, this is ironic that you would say his name was Adam because the guy, the guy that he's referring to in this article as, or this blog post as being his, um, his bully was Adam too. You think it's the same guy? Maybe. maybe. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> He's damn near 40, still, still out here harassing kids. Um, that'd be really sad. Um, well, I don't think that most parents know that their kids get bullied. Even now? I don't think so. I, mean, I don't. I mean, a real, bullying's a real know, issue now. I think now bullying is a lot less accepted than it used to be. And parents, you know, let me know because I'm not sure how it goes nowadays. But I I know that I would never felt like I was in a position to tell you or to tell anybody around me. Hmm, You know, I just kind of dealt with it. But now bullying is so like, no, no, like kids are kids are so much more empathetic nowadays than we were Mm -hmm. coming up because we were just like, well, you're bullied. That's it. Like, that's just like the. Um, uh, it's just a part of life and oh, well, just, you know, get, get out there and fend for yourself and good luck. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I was bullied a lot. I mean, I can remember probably 10 different stories just off the top of my head where I was, I was bullied because I never quite fit in. I never quite fit into any of the crowds quite right. So I was always a little bit of an outcast. I was an outcast that, that most people liked, but I never quite had like a group that yes. I really fit into. So wait, what does the article go into? Oh, well, he's just talking about um, meeting the guy that bullied him at 10 years old or 11 years old, 10 years later when he's 21. And now he's the bigger guy and he's the more handsome guy, not the bully, but the guy that's writing the blog post. And um, that it was interesting to have a conversation with him because the guy called him out like they'd been good friends. Um, and, And he ends it in a really great way. And that's, that's just what I love about it. Um, he said, there's an old saying by Confucius, before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig two graves, meaning you dig a grave for your intended and a grave for yourself. If I had picked a fight with Adam, I would have become the very thing I hated. I would have become the bully just as he had become the easy target. That night we had a pleasant conversation. We caught up on our lives and then we went our separate ways. 
I don't think I'm better than Adam. I've made my share of mistakes over the years, too, and there are plenty of things I wish I could take back. But I do hope he's doing well and has not inflicted any more pain on the people around him. Life is short, too short for me to be carrying around anger towards him and too short for him to be carrying anger towards the world. I always wonder if bullied kids get further ahead in life because they almost feel like they've got something they have to prove, right? Like they just want to be bigger. They want to be better. Like, I don't know, because I find myself to be a pretty driven person. Mm -hmm. And I remember that when I was, it was my 10 year high school reunion. And there was part of me that really wanted to go back and be like, ha ha. You know, like <laughs> look at me now, look at me now, which is mm-hmm. obviously not a healthy thing to do, but it was just mm-hmm. a very honest thing to do. Right. Yes. Um, so, uh, I don't know if that really, that motivates people. I would have to assume, cause I think about most of the kids that were popular in high school and most of them really didn't do much with their lives. They just mm-hmm. kind of peaked and that was, that was the end of it, you know? Right. And isn't it true that so many people that were so cool, I mean, that's exactly right. The cool people in high school, the ones that are failures as adults, so often, not every time, but so often. And then the ones that were the least, (laughs) right? The ones that were being bullied are the ones who really made something of themselves. Maybe you're right. Is that that, like a driven factor? Like We just want to be successful and be like, ha, ha, ha. So you try harder. Right. Yeah. You know, Adam actually added me on Facebook a few years ago, and I was part of me wondered, like, do I say something? Like, am I <laughs> like, hey, thanks for being an asshole, or like, <laughs> do I? And I, I, I obviously chose not to, but right. life's um, too short. I just hope that bullying is better nowadays. I hope. I mean, I th- and I think it is. I don't think that kids find it cool to bully, and I think that kids around kids that are bullying don't tolerate it. Yes. And so it's. I, I don't think it's as big of a deal. But I, you know, what do I know? I could be. And wrong. there's greater awareness of it, like you said earlier. I mean, there's been greater awareness of it because of right. all the social media and TV and and everything else we're connected to now. So that's yeah. right. So that's right. Don't, don't be a bully. Be kind. Be loved. All right. Let's okay. take a break. And when we come back, we have asked my mom. Listen, I uh, I understand that meeting, you know, your your girlfriend's parents for the first time is, is a really important deal. Um, I can I can tell you actually I'll tell you when we get back, but I, I really screwed up royally my first time meeting my ex-wife's family. Uh, but <laughs> The what what she's asking him to do now he's feeling really uncomfortable about but is it worth him backing out and the family judging him? We'll talk about it with Ask My Mom next on the Certified Mama's Boy podcast. All right, so meeting the parents we can all agree is like a big deal, and uh, it's like the first impression that you're making with the family. And I remember, so I was telling you before the break that I uh, I when I first met my ex wife's family I was 45 minutes late. To meet them. Do you know this story, Mom? I do. Oh my. I had I had laid down. This is when I first started hosting morning shows, and so my schedule wasn't quite right yet. And I laid down and I um uh I just closed my eyes for a couple of seconds. And then I of course I I actually had left my ringer on because I thought that she was going to text me. When they were at the restaurant, because uh-huh. she lived, fur- they lived further away, or when they were on the way to the restaurant or something. So, I was uh, I was ready to go, but I decided to lay down and close my eyes for a second. And 
all of a sudden, like 45 minutes later, I get a phone call and she's like, Hey, are you coming? Like, it's been like a really long time. And I was like, Oh my God, I am so sorry. I did. I had no idea that you guys were there. And so I was, yeah, I was probably 30 minutes. I was it took like 15 minutes for me to get over there. So yeah, being late was uh, not fun. Not fun. Maybe You should have kept going. Uh. <laughs> Just sitting and showing up. No, right then and there. Well, I can tell you another story about like omens, you know, and like things. When I was driving to propose to my now ex-wife, um, my I got a flat tire. So See? maybe maybe another omen in life, and that's you know, was hey, attention, pay closer attention. Yeah. The universe is trying to help you out. Lord, you're right. <laughs> Just seen that one coming. <laughs> Um, okay. So I understood. Listen, I get, it's like a big deal. And I'm going to tell you this too, before we start, there's going to be a cultural difference that I don't know if two whiteies can sit around and have this discussion because I know that cultures are different when it comes to this kind of thing, but let's, um, let's delve into it either way. It's, um, oh, by the way, before we get into it, if you do have a question for ask a mom, feel free to email me that guy Kramer at gmail.com. You can always hit me on social media. I'm that guy Kramer on Instagram or I'm Steve Kramer on Facebook. Okay. It says, hi, Kramer. I have a question for your mom segment. I started dating my girlfriend four months ago, right after you left channel 933. She is Mexican and I am white. She is incredible. We've been quarantined together for six weeks or so now. So it's, uh, so it's kind of kicked things into high gear. Here's where I have an issue. This weekend, her cousin is having a baby shower down in Chula Vista and everybody in her family is going to go. Mom, dad, brothers, sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles. It's a big deal. She told me that she's really excited for me to come with her to meet her family finally. Her dad even mentioned having a beer with me when we were on FaceTime with them last week. I asked her if we were going to be doing a social distancing kind of thing, and she laughed at me and said that her family uh, family doesn't believe in that. that there will be 50-plus people all standing around. I asked if I could wear a mask and she said that her family would all make fun of me for sure. And it wouldn't be the best first impression. So what do I do? This is really important to her and her family. Can I cancel or do I wear a mask? I'm confused. Love your podcast and happy mother's day to Nancy. Yeah. Happy mother's day to Nancy. Thank you. Thank you so much. So sweet. So, I'll let you go first because I, I, I'm telling you, I think this is going to, and we're going to need some phone calls on this because I think this is going to be a cultural difference Mm -hmm. between white people and Mexican people, but maybe Mm -hmm. I'm wrong. Um, what, where's your head mom? Absolutely. No, do not go, do not go and tell her why you aren't going and if, I mean, my goodness, a crowd of 50 people and COVID-19. And I put a link on the show notes and I hope you'll share about how COVID-19 can spread in a community from one, just one person that's infected and how it can mm-hmm. infect the whole community. So this is not just about us. It's about us and everyone we know. Um, I, I know this weekend, you know, your brother Brian was up at his farm and he was meeting some guys up there and they all wanted to shake his hand. And he was like, oh, no, no, no. Keep your distance. I could kill you. <laughs> right. You know, I, well, mean, I mean, you guys got together for Mother's Day. We did. And we wore masks and we were sitting 10 feet apart. We, mm-hmm. you know, we, we kept, we kept our distance. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, it's not a great thing to do, but I mean, my goodness, we have got to stay home and we have got to protect ourselves and protect everyone else around us. And I don't disagree with you. I mean, in theory, I completely understand and and think that you're that you're right in theory. Yes. Now, I know that when it comes to the. In case you don't know my my background, so I worked in San Diego for four years on the radio, and my co-host, all my co-hosts were Mexican. Uh, well, no, one was Filipino, but three of them were Mexican, and their family pretty much my my co-host Gina, her family pretty much adopted me, and I kind of felt like they were her dad and her mom, kind of just felt like a you know a maternal and paternal figure in my life. Well. <laughs> I made a grave mistake my first year here and it was Father's Day. Oh wait, the reason I tell you that is because I feel like I even though I'm white, I've learned the culture pretty well over the last couple I'm by no means an expert, but at least I I've I've been around the Hispanic culture uh, a lot and seen a lot over the past 4 years. Yes. So, um I made a grave mistake though when I first moved here and a lot of people know this story from the radio is that I uh, it was Father's Day weekend, and my sister was in town, and I was invited to go over to Gina's dad's barbecue they were going to throw. Mm-hmm. And I, my sister and I had plans to go up north somewhere. I forget where we were going to go, somewhere. And I wasn't going to be able to uh, to make – I think the, the, the barbecue was from like 2 to 8 or something. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, we're going to go in the afternoon, so I can come like right at 2 for just a little bit. And she's like, no, you can't come at the very beginning of the party. Nobody shows up till at least 4. And I'm like, well, then why does it start – why did it start at two? It doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, Nobody will be here to become at two. I'm like, okay. Um, so then, so that was lesson learned number one. Well, I, I wasn't able to make it to the, uh, to the party. And it took literally, it took me about a year to redeem myself from wow. not showing up to a family function. Like wow. it was, and Gina told me real fast, like if, if the family invites you, you better show up. Like there's no excuse of why anybody doesn't show up to a family function. Like I'm trying to think of like what, let's just say I was in a relationship and I, you know, I'm trying to be safe with all this too. And I was just like, Hey, listen, like I don't, I want to, you know, I'm kind of paranoid and we shouldn't really be around each other. And the last thing I want to do is like come and wear a mask or feel like I've got to stand six feet away. If your family's not really into that. So it's probably best if I don't come, but I can tell you from making that grave mistake already I don't know that is the right option to make. I don't know how in the world you're supposed to get out of this one. I don't even know if you just go and you just risk it at this point. Just just pray. Pray your no. whole life down there. Like nothing happens. No. It's a pandemic. It's a yeah, pandemic. I I just it's don't. like it's like no other time in history. You don't put your your life and other people's well, lives at risk. No. All I can think don't. about was I was I was literally just Gina's co-host. I can't imagine mm-hmm. if I was Gina's boyfriend <laughs> and I didn't make it to that Father's Day thing. You know, like would I ever redeem myself? I don't even know. I mean, if there, I'm if there was a, and I laughed about it now, but you know, it took it, it literally took about a year for me to redeem myself after, and it wasn't like fun. Like he was genuinely upset, and like the families like just didn't understand. Yeah, and clearly her family is planning to get together and not concerned about it. I, know. I mean, she said they'd make fun of him. So, um, yeah, no, don't go. You just can't go, and you have to make her understand why and show her that link on YouTube uh, that we sent because, you all, we have got to take care of ourselves and other people or this thing will never end. 
I would really like some Mexicans or some Latin descent people that like families ties are really strong. Eight 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 Kramer eight. Um, I think because I think that we can't really. I can't tell you by being just white, you know, like how this might affect. And maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe a lot of Mexican families would be like, no, you know, like mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. We'd rather be safe. I don't know. I just know from my experience from missing one family party, I was exiled mm-hmm. for a year mm-hmm. and you don't have that kind of time to, <laughs> to screw up the first meeting. So eight, eight, eight Kramer, eight, 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 eight K R A M E R. Then the number eight at the end. I'd love to hear that too. It will be but interesting. So let's in get some calls. In the meantime, everyone stay safe. Stay <laughs> safe. It's not just your life that's at risk, but everyone around you. No, it's true. It's just very true. Just as a mom, I have to say it. I have Sounds to very mom-like. I wouldn't so expect mom. anything less. So mom. Okay. All right. Well, I, uh, I love you very much. Mm, love you forever. Hey, Kramer. I was calling after listening to the show about uh, the cops coming to your um, radio offices. So it reminded me of a story of another radio station in Atlanta that about 11 or 12 years ago, they did an April Fool's joke where they posted a picture of one of the radio host kids getting a tattoo. He was, the child was not old enough to get a tattoo and but they did this whole thing as a April Fool's joke. Well, somebody called. I was working for Child Protective Services at the time. And somebody who had listened to this show called Child Protective Services and reported this that this had happened um, to this child of the radio host. And so I thought, nah, they just make, you know, that's, they're making this all up and that, um, it's just part of the bit trying to get some attention. And, but since I was working for child protective services, I could ask my supervisor to look up and see if, um, they had a case and lo and behold, yes, they had an actual case in the database for, um, putting a ta- supposedly putting a tattoo on their kid, which didn't actually happen. It was a fool's joke, but they have a record now in Child Protective Services for that. So anyway, love the show. Keep it up. Have a great day. Bye. Hey, Kramer. It's Lindsay in San Diego. Um, I was just listening to the podcast about um, when you guys had the cops called on you, which, by the way, I love Miguel and Holly, I wish that they were in San Diego as well, and that you guys all had your radio station here. Um, but I it was 16 years old, and my parents were out of town, and obviously I threw parties because that was the cool thing to do. And I <laughs> invited too many people at some point, so I went into the other room, and I called the cops on myself. <laughs> And they were like, I'm so sorry. Like, what? what's going on? I was like, I threw a party, and there's too many people here. Can you guys, like, come and break up the party? So I actually called the cops on myself, um, which I think is hilarious. But the benefit of the whole thing was that it was back when people would make, like, mixed CDs. It was, like, 2007, 2008. And everybody brought over their, like, mixtapes, so, like, the CD version. And when the cops came, everyone, like, ran and left. And I still currently listen to all of those CDs in my car and it just brings back all of those wonderful memories. <laughs> but, um, 
I think that you're doing amazing, and I think that you and I have a lot in common. Um, I'm not using this as a promotional thing, but I do have a podcast as well, and I feel like a lot of your mental issues are the same as mine. So I appreciate listening to you, and I hope you have a good day. Thank you. Okay, I'll be completely honest with you. I took a nap (laughs) in between these two segments. I was done, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm really tired. I've been on the phone with radio people all morning, and for some reason that's so uh, so exhausting. It's probably because I'm going to be like, hey, everybody. Uh, okay. So before we get to the good news, um, please remember that to, this week is smart speaker week on the show. And so what I'm asking you is to go to your home device and just say, Hey, Alexa, Hey, Google, Hey, Siri, play certified mama's boy podcast and let me know if it works and then maybe check it out from home and see if you like it better listening from your smart device. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, how to get listenership up. And this just seems like a way is that if more people listen in the home, then obviously we'll have more listeners. We can grow, we can do cooler things and it'd be awesome. So, uh, check it out. Let me know if it works for you. And now the good news. Our second story really made me feel something, man. It was one of those stories I'm like, dang, that's a, that is a good human being right there. Uh, let's start, though, over in Ohio. There is a nursery that grows orchids. It's called the Green Circle Growers of Ohio. If they're going to honor healthcare workers by donating $1 million in orchids for frontline caregivers in seven markets hit hardest by the coronavirus pandemic. That's Boston, Dallas, Detroit, L.A., New York, Tampa and Cleveland. That's more than 50,000 orchids that are going to be delivered to those on the front lines at hospitals, nursing homes, homeless shelters, food banks, and more. We want to bring them, uh, just let them know that they are valued and they are, they're loved and they're appreciated for what they're doing. Just bring a smile to their face. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Hey. What is most consistent with, with our mission um, at Just Add Ice Orchids of making everyday better with plants is to get, um, is to make that happen even in these difficult times. I hope that people just know that, that they are remembered. I love orchids. I think they're really pretty, but I cannot keep those things alive to save my life. I feel like I'd be the frontline employee and I'd get one. I'd be like, oh my God, that's so sweet. But now I have so much more extra stress that I'm just going to let this thing die over here there in the corner. All right, listen to this cool story. So there is a pizza place over in Texas. It's called the Colony Texas. The pizza place is called Marco's Pizza Shop, which I think they may be a chain actually. But anyway, so uh, back on April 19th, this pizza place gets robbed and they there's a video i don't know i'll put in the show notes not that compelling but you can picture it there's these robbers going through this pizza store trying to like open the the um the cash register and go through the safe fumbling through drawers for like five minutes and they really didn't leave with much because the store didn't leave much there that day so the owner actually took it as a reminder of how desperate times we are living in right now and instead of like being a jerk about it was super nice about it on facebook wrote this in the coming months if you find yourself in a situation and able to put food on the table please stop by our store there's no need to be shy or embarrassed just speak with the manager and quietly let us know that you've seen this post we will make sure that your family gets a meal we all caps are here because of the community and these are very challenging times for us all we will do our very best to help for as long as we can 
please feel free to share this post so that those that really need our help may see it. And I'm like, wow, uh, that's, you know, uh, what a, what a difference, you know, talk about viewpoint where a lot of us have been mad, like, oh my gosh, why us? Why my pizza restaurant? But the fact that this guy was like, Hey, uh, this just goes to show that there's some people that are desperate and need my help. And even with the restaurant, I'm sure, which is hurting, Still out there doing good stuff. So shout out to Marco's Pizza over in the Colony, Texas. And at the end of every show, we do Made Me Laugh. That's something I saw online. I've been trying to think, like find things that are kind of topical to the conversation of the day. And uh, uh, Ali Sadiq is a comedian, and he has a really good point on how parents really do handle bullying very differently. Nancy Yancey would never, never pull this off. Let me tell you a story. I'm at the basketball court. I mean, this dude get into it. His three brothers jump on me beat me up. I go home. I'm sitting on the couch. My mama walked in. Hey, boy, what's wrong with you? I say, um, these three boys jumped on me at the basketball court. She said, shit, they damn sure whooped your ass. Got you in here looking like Cuba Gooden Jr. <laughs> and boys in the hood that the Ricky got killed. If you never saw the movie, that mean I had blood all over me. So mama told my sister, hey, go get my purse. We about to go back down there. And I'm sitting there like this. I just told you they jumping on people down there. I just told you that. My mom said, get your ass up, boy. You know how, how embarrassing it is to walk to a fight with your mama and your sister? You don't even want to go. You walking slow. Get down. And my mama say, point them out. My mama got them boys together. Give me a little ignorance, but let me tell you something. You don't jump on my damn son. You want to fight my son, fight my son right now, one-on-one. I was like that. <laughs> Fights in one day? I told mom, I told put my mom on the side. Let me, let me, let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. I told mom, hey, 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 hey. I thought you was coming down here to fight. And she, I said, what is in your purse? Because we gon' we gonna need it. Whatever's in your purse, we gonna need it. My mom made me, she made me fight them boys. Made me fight them boys. I um I beat up two of them and lost the third fight out of pure exhaustion. Don't nobody have no goddamn five fights in one day. A full stand-up is over in the show notes, so go check it out. Yeah, ask your smart devices to play the uh, Certified Mama's Boy podcast. Let's work on that. Let's get your calls going. We'd love to play some tomorrow for the uh, Ask My Mom segment. And, uh, yeah, back tomorrow with a moment in Kramer history. I might try to get Steph on tomorrow, too. So, anyway, I, oh, and I have a haunted house story, too. we got a lot to talk about this week, man. I will see you on uh, tomorrow. Remember, you can call or text the show anytime. 888 Kramer 8. That's Kramer with a K. Kramer, it's Amanda from San Diego. I, like many others, am not working right now. Well, I'm working remotely, so I don't have a commute. I'm not really listening to podcasts as often as I was before. Um, so I'm behind, but I just listened to episode 6 on my way into work this morning and I just wanted to say thank you. You had mentioned that you wanted this podcast, your certified mom and boy podcast, to be authentic and for you to share about when you wake up and don't want to do an episode, that you don't want to put on the happy face that you had to put on for so long when you were um, on other radio shows and doing other things. And 
I appreciate that. I appreciate that you bring everything to the table. Um, I want to say thank you for making us laugh. I wanted to say thank you for even on your dark days showing up um, and welcoming us in and giving us the freedom to have dark days and to say it out loud. So I just wanted to say thank you for everything. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to my son's podcast, Certified Mama's Boy. Be sure to review and subscribe and tell your friends. Love you forever.